Today in the podcast, as you can see in the screen, I have a lovely lady by the name of Joan McIldowney and she hails from Northern Ireland and she's got a very interesting history in terms of Northern Ireland and the tensions there. She's really had a clear understanding of what war can do to society in that part of the world. Now, she's a singer-songwriter and her central message is about hope and about loving each other and reducing the negative impact of difference. Welcome to the podcast, John. Lovely to have you. A pleasure. You're such a beautiful soul, Sylvia, because I would be like uh, nervous enough about meeting random people for an interview. It was one of my most hated things that yeah. the music industry sort of put forward and pushed you into that uncomfortable place where you had to talk. Whereas music, when you sing it, it's you leave it there and you don't have, you know but then people want to then know well what's the music what's the song about what's the story about and well, I that's it that... that's it it's it's the story behind the song because very often mm. you have a song expressing a feeling or an emotion but there's a story around it and I, for me anyway as a podcast host I love to dig into the story around the creation that is what is very interesting because when you mm. go back to the old masters for example in classical music very often you get such a clear understanding of the music you're listening to and you understand the surrounding circumstances. And in your case, you have a very interesting background. Now, I see here on your slide that you've shown us here, you say perfectionism in art holds an artist at gunpoint. It is the process of creating that is art. So go create. Pablo Picasso. I presume that's a quote from Pablo Picasso. It is. Yeah, I, I read that quote in um, a book called The Artist's Way, Julia Carmen, and The Vein of Gold was the sequel. And both of the books, you know, talk, talked about how you as an artist can process what you're trying to do, how you can get in touch with your creative side, how you can overcome blocks and all of that kind of thing. And for me, uh, playing music as in the guitar and the voice together, I unblocked myself. But when I when, when I sang, but then when I conversed with somebody like yourself, um, it was very intangible thing that I was trying to explain. It was more of an emotion, which is difficult to explain. And sometimes when you're creating, you have such a high expectation of what you're producing that if it's not wonderful, it's not a fourth. And what I realized was one of the, the earliest songs that I ever ha had written was diabolical. It was like childlike. It was about a, a tree that was outside my bedroom window. I called it Pinecone Sally, how uh, poetic that was. It wasn't very, but it was a starting point. And I think that's one of the things that I would say to people who are starting to on this journey of discovery, it's really not about X factor. It's not about fame. It's actually about your inner awareness and of who you are 
what makes you tick and what it is, is the essence of what you're trying to emulate and how you can understand the world. So when I was sitting in that bedroom, I was looking out at a tree that was, was very uh, unsteady. And I was writing about the uncertainty of life where it was a really, really stormy day and the tree was going like this. Now, in my mind, it was going like this. In reality, it was going like this. <laughs> but it was right beside my bedroom window when I was going like, and when is this gonna just crash through? Um, it, you know, it was irrational, but it was something then that stirred an emotion in me that made me lift that my was, guitar. That was your first song? That was my first song. And what age were you then? I would have been about 14. And we should say you were in Northern Ireland when the tensions were peaking as well. Yes. I so saw um, that side of it in Northern Ireland, which we don't want to get into in this podcast because that's not what we want to enter into that discussion. But it's just it makes you to have a greater awareness of the tensions that happen when war take over place, basically. And it probably was the subconscious talking and the more mm -hmm. I as I go on throughout my life, you realize there's the conscious thought and the, and the subconscious and the subconscious is the most powerful one. And the one that's the, that they say has the strongest dialogue to what your beliefs are. So probably at that stage, I did think and, uh, you know, my poor father, he cut down the lower branches of the tree, thinking he was going to make more space for sheep to graze. That was in his intention. Meanwhile, he made the tree very unsteady. Yeah. Uh-huh. And, you know, there's a bit of a, like a, a thing in that where, you know, you can, through your actions, think that you're strengthening something. And by, by the best of intentions, you actually weaken it. Um, and I would say that probably was very uh, true of, the experience that I had, which was very complicated. It wasn't, you know, people's actions made the situation very unstable and, and very foreboding, you know, where something bad could happen through what you say, what you do, or who you associate with. But as you say, there's, you know, that has been and gone in 97, we signed a beautiful peace process, which brought calm, uh, order, more order um, and how letting people enable people to have dual citizenship, which basically was the turning point in that people who identified on either side were able to be that. Um, and, and that was really where the peace came from. I know it's it's been an amazing transition and I'm I'm in the south of Ireland as you know and just to watch it from even the distance that I'm from it. It's been an amazing transition as I'm speaking today. I think there's elections coming up very soon again. Is it this week or next mm -hmm. week? So it'll be interesting what will happen there. Now, just to return to your own story. So you started this journey of music. Was there music in your family? Weirdly, I used to say to my mum, I was born a generation too late because the generation above me were all fiddle players, sat around a fire, you know, recited poetry, sang unaccompanied Shano's kind of style. So and real then, traditional, real traditional Irish music. Really, really heritage. Huge, huge tradition. And in the environment that I would have grew like my 
you know, next door neighbors, all of them played either the piano, the fiddle or something. And that generation would have been encouraged. But then when I grew up, it was more sport. It was like, you know, camogie, uh, GA football, that kind of thing. And I was like the, I don't want to call myself the black sheep. I'll call myself the, the different unicorn, unicorn, the field of uh, horses, you know, yeah. I just had a different interest. I like, um, and I had a, I had a quest as well to make sense of the nonsense that was going around me. Um, I wanted to outgrow it. Well, we should say that it. you were also in a location in Northern Ireland, which is pretty high tension location. I mean, there's various locations across Northern Ireland, which had less of tension experience, forget right. me. But you were in a pretty tense place where you were located at that time. Now, moving uh -huh. on, um, you came through that whole process. You developed your singing songwriting as you grew up and then you went to Belfast where you went to university and all of that. Can you just take us on that journey of how that transitioned? Well, back in the day, it was either a solicitor, a nurse, a, a doctor, a teacher, you know, there wasn't really, when I look now, uh, I would have probably been an interior designer, maybe, or I would have done something further in music earlier. But um, I just, there wasn't that kind of like awareness of the arts and how you could actually sustain an income through the arts. Mm -hmm. And uh I, you know, really love kids and had a really toxic experience with my own uh, primary school years. I had a, a one teacher who just shrunk everybody's spirit, not just mine. And I kind of went, right, I want to do something with purpose. And I think I, I make a good teacher. Let's go down that road. Mm -hmm. um, and I have to say, I feel really passionately fulfilled in that I have so many lives touched and That's wonderful yeah and it's yeah. And, and it's been such a positive positive a purposeful journey a very much full so. of purpose yeah yeah We're full of it mm -hmm. so all through your training as a teacher into your working life where has music been music is been like uh, like Julia Carmen says, you know, of being a gold, and I would actually say that that's very good analogy for it or description. You, you know, you you go through the 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 degree, and you'll go through the first years of trying to find out how you teach and what's your style, and you know where you want to go with this teaching. Did I want to be a special needs teacher? What I but in the in the backdrop to that. I'd spent five years after graduating, I set up a band in my final year. And then I like played in Belfast and got real notoriety from the people there, like Mike Edgar, who, who's the, like the, who's, uh, the head of the BBC in Northern Ireland. And he really believed in the band that I was in and put us on TV and interviewed us. And he had a radio show called Beyond the Line. And then Stuart Bailey, I did a concert for Hot Press magazine and they had the heat of that in Belfast and we won that as best unplugged band of the year um, in the Belfast heat of that. And it, you, like, I suppose I'm very passionate and I'm very driven and I'm very authentic. So 
people wanted that. They, they longed for that. Um, and this, the music that I was writing was um, probably off the time because it wasn't um, Westlife. It wasn't all fluffy. It was quite like one of the songs. The album was called Storm. And the whole idea of the my first piece of recording was that kind of trying to find balance in a storm. So um, we played these tracks in Queen's University and uh, Stuart Bailey went, wow. Um, so all my contemporaries at that time, like um, Michael what, Keeney. What years are we talking of here? Is it like late 90s or? Late 90s. Okay. Like we were around 1998, 99, 2000. 2000 is when I kind of made my like solo album. But of course, like I had 500 strong fans in Belfast, you know, that would have known me. So I yeah. sold that album to them, to them and it cost me five grand to make. So I sold it at 10 or so, broke even and I went, I don't want to making I don't want to spend another whatever amount of money I can't even remember what it was to make 500 um, CDs I don't want to put the money into that I actually want to go and make the next piece of music because yeah. to to pedal it felt mm -hmm. less fun yes and I did the creative journey I, did, I wanted the creative journey and I, I didn't really understand the business and nor did I feel like I wanted to get in there because what I'd kind of observed wasn't particularly healthy um and so I went on ahead no I met my partner and then he took over in a good way in that you know I I kind of went okay I'm not actually sure what I'm supposed to do with this music I've met you you're a project in yourself um <laughs> he was five years younger than me and needed a lot of like kind of direction and I was lucky enough to be that woman that could do it. And he was open enough to take that. So, so these are the songs you've written. You've sung my song, Life is a Journey. Uh, Please Don't yeah. Cry, Softer Days. So yes. is this all in a single album? The, the Life is a Journey is uh, and Softer Days are on the, are the album store that I recorded in 2000. And I didn't release them out anywhere because I just didn't know what I wanted to do. I didn't know where that conversation was going to go. And I felt very like, um, uh, what's the word for it? Lack of connection. I kind of went, I'm sending this out to who? Who are these people? They're on the web. Who are these people? Now, what I realize now is it's you. <laughs> so I'm like, this is not a problem. I actually connect with these people. So, but back then in 2000, I was going, this is going out into the ether. I have no idea who the hell it is that I'm going to be connecting with. And do I actually want to connect with them? Do I want to tell my story? Do I want to lay my soul bare? I'm not really sure. I sort of feel like, you know, I, I wanted, I wanted probably to get my self understood first before I would start talking to others about Well, it makes total sense because... You know, recently yeah. I did episodes with Barry Coffing explaining the music business and the whole process of going about 10 or 12 steps in creating a record and then taking it to market. Like you have to know who your customer is. You have to know who your market mm -hmm. is to make a success. So in a way, you did a, a very wise thing to step back. 
it's a good thing to do. Now, you have um, a, a very interesting focus with your music, and I mentioned it earlier, about this whole idea of hope mm. and love and compassion. And I came across you first through a video on Facebook. I think it's on your Facebook page where you've got one of your songs while there's an artist actually creating a dove on this beautiful canvas and she's building this 3D of a dove, of course, dove, symbol of peace. And can you just speak more about that, about your current collaborations and what your whole focus with your music is now? Well, what I realised was there is something bigger than what we know. And I didn't really fully believe that until probably two months ago. And that is just like, it's incredible. It's so new to me where like all, you know, grew up as an Irish Catholic, you're going to believe that's instilled into you, that spiritualism, but it never amounted to like more than decades of the rosary and kind of sitting kneeling at the altar wondering when, the dinner was going to be at when you got back to the house after yes. the half hour sermon was over. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And so I didn't really have that kind of like knowing. And then about two years ago, um, I was sadly uh, touched by a friend who died of cancer and died within like weeks um and I was very instrumental in getting him home from here back to Ireland and he died 10 days after he got home and he would have been the person like you Sylvia who would have been right tell me another one tell me another one what what's that song mean to you right I I but Carol King what was she doing was she in New York or was she in Nashville when uh James Taylor said x y and z you know and he would have been just in love with the whole mysticism of the conversation around why songs were made and all of that. And when he, he went with COVID and whatever, he had a funeral that was online, which was surreal in itself. And we signed into the Zoom meeting and, oh, MG, I was like going, oh my gosh, this is just crazy because he actually spoke there was a video from speaking at his funeral. Uh, sorry, but like we wept like children. I was like, oh my God. No, he, his family had asked, could they play softer days for, you know, when, during the funeral.
And I felt hugely privileged because this guy was really deep. And, you know, he wasn't a rock star. He's not somebody that you know or anybody knows, but he was a rock star to me. And he, uh, he asked that to be played at his funeral. And he only played two tracks, one of which was Eva Casti. And I would have had a huge draw to Eva Casti because she really felt her music. Oh, she was um, amazing. She was amazing. Ah, uh, she was. Incredible. Uh, and like she died of cancer. Mm-hmm. And right. she, but she had like, health, you know, you know that, like where, where you can actually like nearly, I don't know, it's like, you can you could nearly really feel, touch. yeah, you could feel like, it coming out of her and reaching uh, out to the person listening yeah. almost. Yes, yeah. almost tangible, almost. You remember me when the west wind moves among the fields of barley. You can tell the sun in his jealous sky when we. So she took her love for to gaze a while among the fields of barley. In his arms she fell as her hair came down among the fields of gold. And what Jim, I said to his wife, they come over here. And uh, that's another experience a week ago, come over here to lay him to rest. And uh, I said, Jim, that's Jim's parting gift to me. He showed me that I am no less than Eva Casti. And I heard the two played back to back within, you know, like the track was played of Eva and then a sermon was had, the, the daughter got up and spoke and then my track was played as, as the curtains were closing. And I just went, well, Jim, if that isn't, like you couldn't have told me in your lifetime that my music was that powerful. He did say it to me. And when he was- But you, did, you didn't believe it. You, you didn't believe didn't it. You just it. thought it was a friend saying a nice thing, basically. Exactly that. Yeah. So you really understood it at, at, at his funeral. That's poignant. Just at that Very moment. poignant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so powerful, and I went, "You little brat!" <laughs> you too. He was really for that. I because yeah. he, he was real, like you know, you know, he would have like he was really passionate about his opinion, and he would have been really impassioned about you know, you must do X, Y, and Z, and like really impassioned about everything, and I would have, I would be like that too, but he was that multiplied by a. Because you knew him so well, it was familiar, I suppose, and it didn't have the impact that he I... wished you to receive it with. Yeah, okay. So taking that ahead, you're now putting your music out there in a very much of a more public way. And what is your main hope that people will receive from your music? Well, I've had feedback from different people to say, you have the voice of an angel, and that's the biggest compliment. You know, if somebody it's a beautiful compliment, up, beautiful compliment, isn't it? 
and is, like yeah. it was it was from one of the girls and she'd be like mortified if I even mention her but anyway she um was a teacher ex-teacher and she now um is has a, a business called Roxology or something Roxology maybe um in Yas Mall and it's basically a crystal um shop and she sells the bracelets like I'm wearing now Beautiful. and I got chatting to her we had a connection I shared my music and that's what she said to me she says oh my god you have the voice of an absolute angel and I went well I, I didn't create this you know um and I've been given this and now I think more than ever I'm going this actually has to be sent out not because I want a thousand downloads or a million downloads or people to recognize me but if if on any day that that song any of those songs that I've written make the day more tolerable for somebody then that's a life well loved in my eyes. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. So um, I just want to complete this episode with four questions. And I think mm -hmm. they'll be interesting to hear your answers. What secrets regarding music or in life in general have you learned so far? Because you've been through a lot. You've seen the whole, you know, Northern Ireland situation. You've transitioned past that. You know, you've healed from that as well. You've worked in that. So what secrets have you learned so far that has really made a big change in you? I think the biggest thing is be authentic. You know, and when you think you're fake, you probably are. Very you true. Know. I have to agree with that, actually. Yeah. You know, you have to really look inside yourself and go, do I actually believe what my aunt says, my uncle says, my cousin says, or, or do you actually believe what you say? What is it that speaks to you? And that to actually be make up your own decisions, not formed on those around you or what you grew up is the biggest challenge and the biggest struggle. But I think that when you if you if you channel like that peace, love, hope, uh, acceptance, tolerance, tolerance, huge word tolerance. And it's oh, a I agree. word here. Yes. Tolerance here is like this was. Like uh, they had a year of tolerance here. Mm -hmm. And I and like I would say one of the biggest misconceptions is that this is an intolerant intolerant place that I know. We should where, say you are you're not in Northern Ireland now, you're located in Abu Dhabi? Middle East. Yeah, or Middle uh, East. Okay. In, Middle East. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And and that no, I am not saying that there isn't you know. A complexity just like there is in Northern Ireland but what I would say is I have met more beautiful souls out here than I have ever met at home that's amazing pure that's that's pure, amazing because you know pure, we hear so goodness. many stories from the Middle East you know because of the just being a different culture I suppose it's, it's uh, just attempting to learn that difference and understand it better what has created the most impact in your musical life? The people, the people that I play music with. Like I had Lindley Hamilton, Nicky Scott, Stephen Quinn, um, John McCulloch, all the big session players who play with Van, who play, you know, and all the recordings that happen in Belfast and Michael Keane, who's a, 
an amazing engineer and producer and musician. And those people, I think, in the last while, I've realized, looking back, those are the people that I've, I'm bereft of. Those are the, the, like the, the, the friendship experiences that I'm hugely missing. And I, I've come over here and I'm here nearly 10 years away from that and away from music because I stepped away from music nearly 20 years ago. Mm -hmm. um, but I was, I was so involved with those people. And what I realized now 10, 20 years later is I was happiest and I was yeah. surrounded by those people. They inspired me. They well, supported that's it. me. I mean, I've said this numerous times in this podcast to people you're around, the environment you put yourself Big in. Big time. Are they, it's huge when it comes to artistry. Huge. Huge when it comes to artistry. Yes. What is the best tool you choose to use every day that helps you? Oh, I am now for the first time and only very in the last two months I've went, okay, you know, Elon Musk and Twitter, uh, Facebook and whatever you call him. I don't I can't even remember his name. You know, Zuckerberg. Oh, Mark those Zuckerberg. People, yeah. Those people for me where I, I was kind of going, oh my God, you've committed my life. You've made me do this. Mm -hmm. I'm going like out of me into this. Mm -hmm. And I, I rebelled against that. I would say for a good 10 years, I was like, uh, you know, to the point my husband went, Facebook, I'm deleting it. I don't want them to know anything about anything. I don't want the algorithms to do X, Y, and Z. But what I realized in the last two months, year, is, is that it keeps me away from people like you. What, what am I to be afraid of? Well, you know, I suppose, you know, they're tools. If you view them as tools, it's a completely different way con in contrast to being a consumer of I know you know what I mean there's there's a cryptic yes. difference there that's yeah. a huge difference but I don't huge think difference. that is a difference that our kids or us fully understand like for me I am now reaching out like this so again what I'm saying to you Sylvia I have met you I'm absolutely delighted to have met somebody like you who is real passionate about music and wants to help others and yourself sort of understand the business more and um, find their way in the musical world that we're in now and 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 the times that we're in with technology and whatever and so I just went okay if I'm supposed to do this if this is my divine purpose if you want to call it like that mm -hmm. I was going right I'm not going to go back any any longer I'm not going to hide the light under the bushel well, I'm going to go Joan, look, when you have a talent, you know, why hide it? Um, you're given it for a reason. Did you ever think of it like that? You're given it for a reason. I, I didn't think I my my whatever I was given was important enough. Mm. I thought it was like. Um, I didn't think it could make a big impact. And then I realized that the feedback I was getting back was hold on here a minute you're making the hairs in the back of my neck stand up you're giving me the chills you know you have the voice of an angel go and you know you've done me good today and I suppose then when I started to 
get really explore that I was going god do you know what like this like if the, the, well what better thing is there really to do with your life than help people and well better? that's it that's it because you know I mean what is music for it's it's to help us all in our I mean imagine a world without music come on it would be uh, terrible it would be well I think really the pandemic hard. there would have been a hell of a lot of people like had come out of the pandemic with not a hair in their head they would have pulled their hair out because totally. Netflix and all oh, the music and podcasts yeah. and all of that yeah it kept just, them kept people seeing seen, exactly it did exactly and you're coming to Roscommon this year I am in July at the boy the Boyle Arts Festival there's, there's a festival happens there it's it's beautiful it's full of like uh, loads of up-and-coming artists and artists that are more accomplished and whatever and they put on this event where they bring all this art to this gorgeous little um, town which coincidentally I have been twice to and oh, went on the boat out to the island and whatever in in Boyle and had played a gig there in my days of osmosis when I was in the band when I was okay. a 20 something yeah. so coincidentally Cara Doherty I had saw her her paintings through a Facebook page and again this is where I'm saying Facebook when it's used as a tool to, for the right reasons can be really powerful so I met her saw her work commented on it said oh here this is what I do and she came back and she was like I have had your song on repeat and all I want to listen to when I paint is your song oh, and she says something. I am yeah and she was like I don't like music she said when I paint, I actually don't want to listen to tunes. But when I go and paint with and listen to your stuff, it's like it I'm just, inspired. That's it. Isn't it amazing? That's amazing. That is amazing. That's, you know, yeah. that's a testimonial to somebody who doesn't listen to music and then hears your music and says, oh, wow, I have to have this on. That's amazing. That's a really good testimonial. What is the number one growth tip? you have discovered and I mean again I'll just reference you've come from Northern Ireland where you've seen the tensions you've transitioned beyond that internally I should say um, and you're now in a new place so what is the number one growth tip you've discovered you can speak as to your person or you can speak musically or both um I think as a person you have to um always make your judgments based on from a place of love and you'll never go wrong so if you are judging a situation not from a place of love you've made the wrong choice you're making the wrong decision if you come at it from a place of you know non-judgment and i'm not I haven't walked in your shoes uh what's what's a loving answer to this um i don't think it is slap somebody around the side of the head with it mm -hmm. Yeah, with a blunt exactly. instrument and we could um, you know look what's going on in the world with russia ukraine and all of that you know it's I, not I the answer it's so not the answer it's and and i would say that uh through this song with the dove i mean it's a russian paper artist how you pointing is that and an irish songwriter who's come together to make that ukrainian dove of peace and like you know it's part of our history but it's also you know that displacement is part of our Irish history but it's also the, the the displacement of lots of other 
um, nationalities through well, know, indigenous. That's, that's the thing that really frustrates me about what has gone on in the last number of years is that suddenly the Ukraine being at war with Russia is causing us Western people to think about war because we're kind of affected by it in small ways at the moment. But what about what happened in Afghanistan, Rwanda, Syria, mm -hmm. the list goes on. Mm -hmm. And there was there was stories about all of that, but not in the same way, not in the same strength, perhaps, you know, kind of was there in the background. Oh, it's happening over there. Um, but unless, you know, the, we get impacted, then, you know, our antennae is raised. So no matter where war happens, I mean, it just shouldn't happen. It, it it's shouldn't just happen. Not, it, it's just not the answer. And I mean, what You're I'm either just, part of it. Yes. You know, you're either, like I see it, like, a, you know, you're either standing there with the matches, you're standing there with a bottle of petrol, you're standing there with a rag, or you're standing there with a flag of peace. There's, exactly. You're one of, one of four things. You're either part of the problem or you're part of the solution. And the only way to solve it is through love. And that sounds really, really like, like, you know ridiculously simple but when you look at in your you know if you have kids and you look at them and you you emulate that love or you look at your partner you look at your mother that is the love of the universe whether it's your mum your your cousin your aunt your whoever it is that really you love that is the opposite of what what motivates people to kill each other well, you know, the, the very heartening thing that I'm discovering through hosting this podcast is how many peacemakers that are out there on the streets, beavering away in their communities, their countries, their, you know, both at a national level, county level, state level, mm -hmm. and really down into their own individual community and the effect that that's having. And it could be a simple thing, just like helping somebody by giving them a cup of coffee on the street because they're just going through a tough time. It could be something big like running a nonprofit mm -hmm. and trying to make that nonprofit a big entity to have major impact if the finance is in place. It, it comes in so many different ways. We were just speaking there before the interview about a group in Israel that are bringing Muslim, Christians, Jews together in the one space using music as that connection, that connecting mm -hmm. force. Um, there was a conductor by the name of Barenboim who got the Palestinians and the Jews together in one single orchestra performing a Beethoven symphony. And that happened a number of years back and it was widely reported at the time. There are so mm -hmm. many ways that this whole peaceful solution is happening, but mainstream media would have you think it's not happening because, you know, mainstream media is putting out all the fear and all you know, all it's it's like paid advertising in a sense for fear in a lot of ways. And um, it, is. it is really so to sidekick that and not listen to it probably is a good thing. Um, I know I for myself, it, I don't listen to it a yeah. whole lot. Uh, I think, you know, Sylvia, like uh, love is one of those words that's thrown around like confetti. It's well, you know, something about that. I've had this discussion the last number of weeks about this thing of love. We'll call it a thing. OK. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's got this sexual connotation to it, which is plowed mm. everywhere. And I think that has, in many ways, affected diluted, the its diluted its strength, but also its understanding is, you know, it's not clear as Dude. to what the meaning is. So mm. when you mention the word love, you mm. can use the words, you know, compassion, empathy, uh, um, understanding of each other's joy differences and so that forth. That type of thing. Yeah. Mm. So uh, but I would say that, um, 
if you want to take it away from love and just think of energy, like there's an energy in hatred and there's oh, an energy yes. in love. Yes, there is. And when you think of a love and energy or a or a, a an, an energy that that has like hatred, like like Hitler had hatred as he was standing there impassioned as he was talking, he was spitting out that anger of hate. And and I think that's the thing that music does. It puts um it reaches a soulful level where yes. words don't cut it. Words That's right. I can talk to you like I'm talking to you now, but if I sing about it, you're it whether it people say oh and I'm it goes, it goes beyond language. It it really goes beyond language. And, and it has and that it energetic is, effect. It is. And people are talking about energy, like Gabby Bernstein. I'm listening to her. I I bought her book, um, Happy Days, and she's like a spiritual kind of person who's new age. She's not talking from a place of religion. She's just saying there's a higher power and we have a purpose and we, you know, we are energetic beings and, you know, we have to protect our energy. And and I would say that, like, uh, whenever you listen to a song that gives you the chills, you're getting an energetic transfer there yes yeah and just um, remember there's different kinds of music so you know listen to the music that lifts you rather than pulls you down or or um, or rails you rails you yeah. into hatred exactly exactly completely like protest songs and so on negative protest songs and all that now where can people find you online i'm looking here facebook instagram are they your two main locations yeah. have your website i don't um like again i'm going to look into getting that organized but I just I, I suppose only in the last couple of months have I kind of went okay I'm gonna actually set myself out there into the wider world and link in with people and before that I was kind of going oh the Kardashians put me off the you know what I mean like I'm, I, I do I do I do oh my god and the x factor and all the toxic stuff about it and oh and then and you were like oh I can't identify with any of this stuff. What the heck am I going to be? Who am I? What nonsense am I going to introduce into my life? And then I meet you, I meet Kara, I meet the Yulia, who's a Russian paper artist. Um, and that's like what's keeping me going. I'm going, this is, this is brilliant. This is my this tribe. Is this is my tribe. <laughs> my yes. tribe. Exactly. It's there. Yeah, exactly. It's there. It's there. It's um, there. Yeah. yeah. And it's not nonsense. We're not on here just talking nonsense no, about our eyebrows no. yeah. and our eyelashes. Yeah, I know. You know. I know. What a waste of time that is. Forgive me. Jeez. What a waste of time. It's a waste of time. The fashionistas won't like me for that, but I believe it's a waste of time. Now, well, if you spend an hour on it, it's a waste of time. If you, it if is. You, yeah. If you do the yeah, magnetic that's what ones where they, they happen in three seconds, maybe it's not so much. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're speaking to a tomboy here, so that's how it works. <laughs> Now, I'll include um, the links to your Facebook page and Instagram page in the notes below this video or podcast, wherever the listeners are tuning in from. And where can people find your songs? Are you on Spotify? On, I'm on iTunes. Oh, you're on um, iTunes. I okay. signed up to Spotify. Um, I'm on iTunes, so you can, if you want to support the Ukrainian cause, go on to uh, Softer Days, and there's a link there. For um, and I, you know, whatever money I make, I'm going to give it to Ukrainian refugees. Um, so 
Yeah, um, like it's, as I say, it's really new. And my friends in Belfast were like, yeah, we remember you, Joe. Because I <laughs> go I, for I it. Go my, for it. Yeah. Yeah. They were so funny. A boy, a boy, Cormac, that he's uh, he's into the film industry in Belfast. And I sent this. I didn't know what the studio was called, but I knew back in the day. And then I introduced myself as I'm a singer songwriter from Northern Ireland. He was like, yeah, I kind of know you. <laughs> <laughs> memories. Yes, I remember you joking. Good memories. Yeah. Good memories. It was. It was really lovely to make that. Yeah, well, it's, it's been a pleasure to have you on to hear your story. And I'm just waiting to see what's going to happen next. Because given your success in those years gone by, you know, you know, supporting acts like Brian Kennedy and so forth and being in those circles, it's going to happen again. So I wish you the best with all that. So it's been oh, a pleasure to have you, you so on. Much. Thank you so much. Great to meet somebody like you.